Have you ever left a networking event feeling even more disconnected? Or are too afraid or thought it was impossible to ask your hero for advice? Or maybe you've just wondered, how much does that job really pay? Well, that's why I'm here. I've always been the person willing to ask the quote-unquote stupid or awkward questions. Hi, I'm Elodie Ejang. I'm a documentary filmmaker, story consultant, and host of Vilify Media Podcast. Vilify Media, Video Life Foreign From You, is a company I started in order to help emerging and career-changing filmmakers with transparent information and resources in order to thrive in the documentary field and beyond. On this podcast, I'm joined by other talented filmmakers, creatives, and scholars in sharing our candid experiences to help you along your creative journey. This is episode one of Vilify Media Podcast. Is an MFA really worth it? MFA, Master of Fine Arts, the terminal degree or highest degree that one can earn for film production in the United States. I have one, and it cost me around $58,000 in student loan debt, excluding interest. But in a digital world full of free online tutorials and relatively affordable equipment, what still draws people to graduate film programs? For me, I studied advertising and anthropology in undergrad, And after I completed a documentary study abroad program, I realized that I wanted to pursue documentary film as a career and knew that I wanted the structure and accountability that school provided. Today, we'll be talking to folks at different stages of their MFA journey. But before we dive in, let's learn a bit about the history of documentary film studies in the United States. The invention of 16mm film in 1923 helped lessen the barrier of entry for many filmmakers. Around this same time, the first MFA degree was conferred in the field of studio arts, beginning the complex professionalization of the arts. As opposed to other master or PhD programs, the MFA encourages artists to practice their craft under the guidance of working artists, producing theses that are works of art instead of stacks of papers. According to Dave Davidson, Professor Emeritus at the City College of New York, the Institute of Film Techniques at the City College of New York was the first documentary film school in America, which ran from 1941 to 1966. And while Hollywood was slowing down its productions from the 1960s to 1980s, universities saw offering film courses as a moneymaker due to high student demand, with most courses being offered in documentary or experimental film. My first guest applied to a documentary MFA program at the same school that I attended. My name is Jean Kang. I am from Chicago. I am a news producer, content creator. And then before this, I was a news producer for a small station in Rockford, Illinois. First off, what did you study in undergrad and why did you feel the need to pursue a graduate film program? I went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I got a bachelor's degree in broadcast journalism. I've always loved working with people and storytelling, and I was a big cinephile when I was younger with my dad. I grew up watching a lot of Korean movies, and that's like kind of what captured me into wanting to work in media and wanting to pursue that storytelling realm of media. After I graduated, I got that job with the TV station in Rockford as a news producer, and it wasn't like a very glamorous job by any means. It was, it was a lot of work. It was very hard and kind of, it took a toll on me physically and mentally. 
they were underemployed and we were underpaid. And news goes on no matter what. If it's breaking news, it's all hands on deck. I was clocking in overtime all the time. And every single day after work, I was kind of having an existential crisis of like, do I really want to be doing this the rest of my life? And I was like looking at different avenues of what I can be doing. So that's when I decided to look into getting a master's. And I saw that Northwestern has a documentary program. And I thought, that's a that's a great fit for my field since broadcast journalism, they do a lot of short documentary style skits and I've always loved documentaries. And I know Northwestern has is a prestigious school and that's why I was looking into it and decided to apply. And so when you were looking at different programs, can you walk me through your research process of of deciding what programs you were looking into? Yeah, I was also looking at other programs. Um, like I saw that Stanford had a documentary program as well. And Northwestern was, to me, I felt like the best option for me because I love the campus and it's close to home. I only applied for Northwestern because I figured if I, I'm not going to get into Stanford or NYU. Honestly, like I didn't really like prepare much. I, it was kind of a, a whim decision. Like, yeah, I'm going to apply. <laughs> let's see. Let's see where it goes. And and then I reached out to you and asked a few questions and I decided just do it. Let me just do it. <laughs> so I didn't really like prepare too much. And that's probably why I didn't get accepted. <laughs> I even had an interview though. And I thought like the interview went, went okay. And, but I didn't get it. <laughs> do you feel like you've missed out on anything by not going to a master's program or initially how, how did you feel once you knew that you weren't going to that school? We'll hear more from Jean and learn if she regrets not going to an MFA program. But first, let's chat with Jeremiah, someone who's contemplating whether getting an MFA is the right path for him. My name is Jeremiah Rhodes. I am 23 years old. I am originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina, but I graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill in May of 2020 with a bachelor's degree, a BA in photo and video journalism. For anyone who doesn't know, me and Elodie met in a film fellowship program that we did called Next Doc. And I like, I put in the WhatsApp, I was like, yeah, like what are people's opinions on grad schools? And it was like such a strong, aggressive, like don't do it. Like everybody was like very much, like <laughs> very loudly, do not go to grad school. It is not fun. Like, it's not always a supportive environment, like whatever. And I just like kept, like when I would talk to people who were in those group messages, I would just say like, that's fine. Like, I'm not, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I just need a degree so I can teach. Like, I don't, I'm not going there to like find some like incredible supportive community and like an amazing, like, I don't, I would love that, but like, that's not. Like, I, I endured it at UNC, I can endure it again. And so what makes you, like, want to go to grad school? Like, is, do you want to go to film school in particular? Like, why, what is the draw for you? I mainly wanted to go to grad school because I really want to teach. Like, I was really fortunate um, when I was, like, getting into video at college. I had a visiting professor. Their name was the guy Romero, and they were a filmmaker. They were only at UNC for one year. And they were the only non-male and non-white professor in our program. I can confidently say that, like, I would not be a filmmaker if I did not have Lagaya, like, to, 
like usher in my filmmaking career. You know, I just, I think about like how many young potential filmmakers like go to like J schools or film schools and like are excited and, and have great potential, but never realize it because the professors just like are not for them. And so, yeah, I just like, I want to be that. I feel like I have to pay that forward. Is other other avenues besides going through a, a grad program that you've explored in terms of how you can kind of do what you set out to do of passing that forward or being a person who has a different perspective that you can help students in their own career aspirations? It's like mainly presented to me as is like you have to have experience or masters. Uh, I don't know that I will ever have like the illustrious experience that is like considered valid to get a teaching position without having a master's, if that makes any sense. MFAs aren't the only film degrees that you can get. Let's learn a bit more from Professor Simmons. An MFA, you're probably going to get more of that hands-on experience versus an MA, you might be more in that theoretical mode. Not saying that, that you know, MFAs don't have theory and that MAs don't have production, but odds are in an MA program, you're probably going to have to write a thesis as opposed to make one. The bigger probably difference is since the MFA is a terminal degree, you can teach at the college level. An MA, you can teach at the college level, but it's not terminal, so it doesn't look as good as an MFA, especially if you want to do production. And then probably the biggest thing that I think is like absolutely absurd, super stupid, is that if you're in, if you're teaching, so I teach full time, I have an MFA, I am able to teach graduate classes. If you don't have an MFA, you cannot teach graduate classes. And that really, I think, is so unfair because... There's so much more that adds to a person's uh, experience and credibility and, you know, an, an ability to teach really high level courses other than an MFA. That was one of the factors that made me get an MFA instead of an MA. But I'm curious as to what it looks like on the other side for someone who also attended the same program that I did. Let's hear from Professor Ashley Brandon. I knew it was a new program. I think I was in the second cohort of them starting the program. So that was like a little iffy for me. And I was like, you know, there's no track record really for me to see how good of a program this is. So that was a, a nervous thing happening there. I was a big fan of Cartemquin films. I still am. I said that in past tense, but they still <laughs> make great work. And I knew that they were based in Chicago. And that really interested me. Like, And then I learned there were other film production companies in Chicago. And it's like, what a great place to be for a documentarian. So definitely the city, the location, it totally uh, it, it totally appealed to me. And did you apply anywhere else or, or no? I actually did not. Oh, wow. Um, so I was, I was thinking that if I didn't get into Northwestern, that I would then open up my search a little bit more in the next year. Honestly, the thing for me is... I'm super, super dyslexic and I'm super, super, I've always been like through high school, through elementary school and everything that's not film, I've been like a C minus student. I just can't do the classroom. And every other program wanted us to take the GRE. I just was failing every practice test. So, you know, Northwestern didn't have that. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I like these people already. Before going to Northwestern for my MFA, I went to Wright State University, which is in Dayton, Ohio. 
I was in their motion picture production program. That was the name of the major. Very small. And I instantly got a job working on a bunch of feature films that were shooting in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. I found out that working on these feature films, working in a post-production house, I was just drained creatively. I felt like going to the MFA would force me to get creative again. I was so scared that I would never make a film again after graduating from my undergrad. So I just needed another chance to like do that and learn how to do that as an adult with bills in the real world. I always knew I wanted to teach in higher ed. I needed to get a terminal degree and hopefully get a tenure track position. My, my undergrad wasn't necessarily in documentary. I really needed just more education in working with nonfiction. So that was another thing I was looking for too. Did it live up to your expectations? Or- I, I think I was expecting it to be really, really hard and to be put through the ringer. I was expecting a lot of networking, which scared me because I hate networking. <laughs> um, and I was expecting like a lot of mentorship for sure. Like a lot of guidance once I got there on like how to navigate in the independent film world. And I feel like I got most of those things, maybe not to the degree I wanted to, but that's just because, you know, there's a lot of other students there and very few professors. Faculty plays a strong role into the quality of a program. And it's even more important when you're a student of color. Let's hear from current student at Columbia University, Aaron Ramirez. The thing that our program really needs to work on is... You know, like I think one thing is diversity is so far behind in in Columbia. Like I think the faculty, we have two black, like token black professors, you know, and we recently just got our, uh, one of our first women of color on the faculty. And it's just like going into that program, I felt like I was stepping back in history, to be honest. Like if the, the most diversity that's coming in is solely through the students, it's not, we're not getting the full benefits of our education. So I think that's something that I would definitely flag for folks who are considering the program or, you know, people who are interested in learning more about it. One of the co-chairs of this organization called Filmmakers of Color United in Spirit on campus, our whole thing this summer was to kind of like revamp the program, introduce diversity to the faculty and try to make sustainable and long lasting change. That was another issue that I had with my program. The lack there was when I was there, no faculty of any color and it contributes to the classroom dynamics. If you're always having to be the person to advocate, there was only one black girl who was in my cohort, another black person. Um, and so it's like that weight of bringing up things sometimes and critiques, showcasing, I was just talking to someone, she was talking about people's blind spots. We all as filmmakers have blind spots. And so that's the benefit of showing work to folks is that they can illuminate those and help us grow. And so sometimes though, if you're always having to be the spotlight on that blind spot, going to burn out. Um, Made that metaphor full circle. While having to navigate the challenges of being a student of color, Erin also was going to school during the pandemic. That's a lot. So I just completed my second full-time year and I'm looking to graduate in about two and a half years from now. Because of the pandemic, everything has kind of shifted when we can shoot our projects and when our final deadline for our thesis projects are are due. So for me, I'm probably going to be at Columbia for about four years, four four to five years total. How have you come to be interested in film and what are you exactly exploring now? So I was raised in New Hampshire. 
a lot of times I felt it like creatively stifling. I studied journalism in undergrad and also cinematic arts and then found documentary my senior year. I enrolled in this documentary class out at USD on the West Coast. So I think I was really drawn to kind of the impact that documentaries make. I applied to Columbia because it's it's mostly a narrative program, so not a lot of focus. There's no focus in, in documentary in the program. Um, like specifically, there's documentary classes you can take as electives, but there's nothing within the required coursework that deals with documentary filmmaking. So I came to the MFA program to kind of hone in on my writing skills, to hone in on my narrative skills, to combine that with my knowledge in documentary. Columbia has a few alumni who have created documentaries after graduation. I think that was something that I was also drawn to was not going to a program that was either solely doc or solely narrative. Like I wanted the option to create both later on from the skills that I developed in that program. And we're constantly shifting over the course of the first two years of full-time work so that we're being introduced to new collaborators, to new colleagues. There are a lot of expectations that are not met because of this recent pandemic. <laughs> you know, I was not expecting to be uh, having a virtual s film school. <laughs> So that was something to kind of stomach. I went through a whole decision process to stick with the program. As I stated at the top of the episode, it cost me $58,000 in student loans to attend my program. But that's after scholarships, grants, and two graduate assistantships. My program's actually valued at over $100,000. So how does money play into the worth of a program? I definitely would have done student loans. And I remember having this conversation with you as well and how that worked out for you. That was the one part that was also giving me a lot of anxiety when I was applying. Like if I do decide to go and if I get accepted, I'm going to have to take out even more loans and I have loans from undergrad. Would, would you be open to taking on debt to go to school since you don't have that? Like I understand one, what a privilege it is to not have debt. And two, I understand that I'm probably not going to be rich and like I just don't want like I love knowing that any moment I can like leave everything and just like go live in a shack on a beach somewhere and like not have to pay anybody back for anything and like not have to worry about like any of that kind of stuff and so I would like to keep that freedom and that like that option open and so yeah no I I mean, never say never, obviously, but I don't think that I would go to a program that I couldn't also go to for free. I am definitely in student loan debt. I'm six figures in debt. And I knew I would be, but I really wanted to teach. I knew that this was really the only way to do it. It's just like the trade-off of it. Luckily, was able to finance some of it with what we call fellowship money from the school, which is essentially just like scholarship money that they give you to finance some of the education. I'm also working on campus, so I you know, support myself that way. But it is a major investment. Like I knew coming to grad school, I might you know, come out of here without a job right away, without having a secure salary to help pay back some of these loans. But to me, becoming a filmmaker was more important than than those things. Um, and I might not be saying that in five years from now. <laughs> you know, I might be tearing out all my hair. As of 2022, the program that I attended is now fully funded, meaning no student loan debt. But all things considered, is an MFA really worth it? 
definitely feel like it was the right decision for me. I think if I didn't go to graduate school, if I didn't go to Northwestern, I would probably be relatively unhappy. I saw this as an opportunity to expedite the process and taking that next step that I wanted to take in my career, as opposed to doing it by myself with without the guidance um, or that support or network. I don't think that's for everyone. You know, like if you know how to make a film that's that's amazing, you know, by yourself. And if you're from a big metropolitan area, you know, where you've you have people who are in these industries already, you know, you have the resources, you know how to like I didn't know how to go from New England to big LA, you know, and navigate an industry by myself. Honestly, like I only really applied because I was like I was like, yeah, let's sure let, let, let's apply. I don't really like my job right now. I don't really know where my career field is going to take me. You're passionate about it. I don't think you really need to go to school. It can help out if you feel like you don't know at all what you want to do. But if you have the passion, if you have the idea, anybody can do it. This episode was recorded a couple years ago, and I recently ran into Jean at a rock climbing gym and she's happy with her decision. She now works as a video producer for an organizing group. And Jeremiah, he's finishing up his graduate program at UC Berkeley, where he's getting a master's in journalism. Guess what? Fully funded. So what's my take on is an MFA really worth it? Some days I go back and forth and I'm like, oh, this student loan debt really sucks. And my day job is in a completely different field than filmmaking, where I work as a design researcher in order to achieve my financial goals. So if I was attending my program today that's fully funded, I would say it's definitely worth it. Although there were elements missing, like diversity, I was able to find that through different avenues and encourage people to do the same. But not everyone can go to a fully funded program. So thinking about the financial repercussions is really important to determine if is the right path for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Vilify Media Podcast. Please check out the show notes for more information about these amazing filmmakers and resources to help you. If you're listening to the audio, please rate it five stars and leave a review. And if you're watching the video, please like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you so much. <laughs>